Welcome to The Things We Say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. This is a topical podcast where the topics are chosen at random. Sometimes they will be profound, and sometimes they will be stupid. But no matter what, we have a lot to say about them. We are known for the things we do. We become the things we think. We live the things we believe. These are the things we say. Welcome back to the things we say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. And we are not dead. No, we're not. <laughs> we are not dead. And here we are. The hobby continues. <laughs> it's just been an interesting time for this hobby to continue in life. Yes. For both of us. We've we've faced life and a lot of busyness and getting back to school and having various rants off air which we have probably spent about an equal amount of time together even without doing the podcast yes. fairly equal yeah we finished the cornetto trilogy with yes, the best we did. of the three and it was it was the best of the three world's end world's end absolutely yes. the best of the three i was i was impressed by it yes and entertained which is the point yep <laughs> and the rant at the end, no, even though it has swears, is probably one of the best <laughs> rants I, that I've ever seen. I love that you use the phrase swears. Oh, I like saying it because it sounds folksy. It makes me think of, of Homestar. <laughs> Tompkins made a swear. Yeah, that is what it's from. <laughs> As it should hey, be. Hey, you underpants. Tompkins made a swear. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know, just... Don't worry about it. Yeah, you would have to be of a certain age for Homestar Runner. I discovered yeah. that talking to my our friend Jordan the other day. Yeah, no idea. And, uh, Nate was, uh, not this Nate, but uh, our friend Nate Hartzler was bringing up uh, Homestar Runner. And <laughs> she had no context for it whatsoever. And it's pretty much if you were graduating or in high school in about 2003. Yeah. It's pretty much right. Yeah, to, to put this in context, when I started watching Homestar Runner... There were four strong bad emails. Yeah. Four. And I got introduced to it by my cousin, Ross, of all people. I was introduced to it one of the first teen girl squads. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, those were good. My wife and her friends were into it and I was like, they That's keep funny saying to me that Jess was into it. <laughs> that is that does not it's compute very much at all. It's not when you knew <laughs> college age jess oh man i cannot yes. even imagine <laughs> can't imagine uh she was still rather serious but not a fun <laughs> side just how we got along oh my only portions of her life were terribly serious okay well all that aside or did you know today all right it's gonna be two truths and a lie uh-oh so out of these three things you have to choose which is the lie or no, yes, which is a lie. There's two of them that are true. <laughs> two truths, one lie. <laughs> two truths and one lie. I All have right. to figure out how many lies I'm telling. Yes, that's right. That's right. Okay, option number one. In 2015, researchers figured out how to unboil an egg. Option number two. Georgia produces more peaches than South Carolina. Option number three. There are no nuts in Honey Nut Cheerios. Their flavor comes from ground peach pits. Okay. 
I'm gonna say those are the three. I'm gonna say Honey Nut Cheerios are true. Really? And the reason I'm going to say that is because, well, no wait, did it say nuts or peanuts? There are no nuts. Oh, okay, no, I'm gonna retract that then. I'm gonna retract that because I I don't believe that's true. I was thinking peanuts because I have a peanut intolerance and I can eat Honey Nut Cheerios. Uh huh. So I know it's not peanuts, but I'm not confident that it's not like almonds or something like that. That's part of what's no what i said was that it's peach it's peach pits peach pits instead okay peach pits is the uh (sighs) alternative to nuts and honey nut cheerios okay i'm gonna go with number one is the truth number two is the lie number three is the truth correct Ah, (laughs) south carolina produces more peaches than georgia i believe that i believe that that one just seemed too on the nose not to be true with the whole georgia peach thing yeah interesting So in all likelihood, you got your peaches from South Carolina. Yes. (laughs) And you're also eating them in Honey Nut Cheerios. And you're eating peaches in Honey Nut Cheerios. And in 2015, researchers at uh, University of California figured out how to unboil an egg. Because that's the kind of things they do at the University of California. It sounds like the breakthrough that no one was asking for. <laughs> the scientists have announced that they managed to unboil an egg in a disgusting sounding experiment that you probably shouldn't try at home. <laughs> international team of researchers have used urea, one of the main components of urine, uh-huh. and a vortex fluid device to uncook a, hen, a hen's egg. Uh. They believe the finding could dramatically reduce costs and processes as far apart as cheese manufacturing and cancer research. Huh. Basically, it's unfolding tangled up proteins is the interesting thing that they're doing. Yeah, that is interesting. Really weird. Really weird. No one asked you to unboil your egg, sir. No, no one did. No one asked that. Every time I've boiled an egg, I've been happy with the results. Yes, you got exactly what you wanted. It exploded or I undercooked it. Either way, (laughs) if it was a fully boiled egg, I was pretty happy. That's one thing we've never talked about, and I'm kind of curious. Like, to what extent do your cooking skills exist? (laughs) Uh, We've never had this conversation. I make a very mean grilled cheese sandwich. Okay, okay. Uh, so I can do that pretty well. I can follow a recipe pretty well. Uh, so if I have a given recipe, you will get exactly what that <laughs> recipe gives No you. deviation. There's no flair. No creativity. Okay, Any got flair it. whatsoever, I, I, can't, I can't deviate. Yeah, okay. Um, I am the creative egg maker in our house. So like... I like a soft boiled egg. I will do that. I will do eggs over easy, eggs over medium. I like all of that, except except I need an expensive pan, which we don't have. That Uh, is like truly nonstick. Yeah. Because a truly good nonstick pan is required for eggs over easy or over medium or whatever. Yeah. We use a good nonstick pan, but we also grease it with olive oil just to make sure. Just... Uh, although not extra virgin olive oil. No. Which just got extremely mad at Walmart for packaging just regular, ol- like putting extra virgin olive oil in something that was not. Yes. It ruined one of her pans somehow. Yeah. One way or the other. I forget if it was supposed to be extra virgin or it wasn't. Yeah. I think extra virgin have, is the bad one that ends well, up ruining they, your pan. They have a different, uh, I think they have a different flashpoint. Yeah. And that's I've never been too comes. concerned with the virginity of olive oil. <laughs> <laughs> Until I got married and had to 
figure out what pans get washed <laughs> and which ones don't. <laughs> oh, so many things I could say. There right you go. Now, it's all I'm teed up and ready to go. But the extent of my cooking skills is various eggs. I do bacon in our house. So yeah. I'm tasked with a lot of breakfast foods, apparently. Yeah. Bacon and eggs and all the grill stuff. So anything on the grill. Yeah. Steaks, burgers, kebabs. Uh, when we grill peaches, we build grill anything. Wait a minute, you grill grilled. peaches? Oh, yeah. We have a peach tree in our yard. And one of the favorite things about summer is you cut a peach in half, pull out the pit, and, and Jess usually skins it too or whatever. Yeah. And we'll just get uh, two peaches because there's four of us and we lay them down on the grill. So when I'm grilling everything else, they're laying face down. And then I leave them on the grill kind of as everything's dying down. Yeah, yeah. We eat the steak or the burgers, whatever it is. And then I go out, scoop the peaches off, put them upside down in the or right side up, whichever way. Yeah, the yeah. flat face is I get facing. You. And you put ice cream on top and... It's okay. a killer dessert. It's like a it's like a low maintenance peach cobbler without all the other yeah. stuff. Without all the excitement. Yeah. Interesting. Really good. I might have to try that. Yeah. That sounds highly recommend. That sounds that actually sounds really good. So my contributions are more summertime contributions. That's fair. That's and fair. I can I do I do the tomato soup in our house. I can do that. The Campbell's version has yes. to have milk. Yes. If you add water to your Campbell's tomato soup, like it says on the can, you are a sociopath. Well, we do it because we have to. Because ah. nobody in our family can have dairy. I say that, and then I have to take it back. No, you don't have to take it back. It's I just, just have, gross. I just have a physical reason. Why. I, I agree with you. It is much better with Ugh. milk. And, <laughs> and I still occasionally will do it. If I'm eating it myself, even though I shouldn't have dairy either, I will yeah. still do it on occasion. But, yeah, it it leaves something to be desired. But tomato soup with water is better than no tomato soup, I have discovered. Oh, no. When you're having no, a grilled cheese I, sandwich. I get like a... A rolling stomach sometimes where it's just like kind of upsets my stomach a little bit if I eat way too much tomato soup because yes. of all the acid. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I, if it doesn't have milk in it, I'm skipping it entirely. <laughs> oh, fair enough. <laughs> I, You know, it's funny. I, I recently made a discovery, a very strange discovery of a four or five part series of a woman who is a clinical sociopath. Oh, really? Not a violent one, not having had any issues like that, but as a clinical sociopath, just talking about what it's like to be a sociopath. And it's very funny. I only throw it around as a derogatory term. I literally have no idea what it is. It's just the inability. Yeah, it's the inability to have certain emotional connections and responses, an inability to care about what people around you think or have concern for them. But it's not something like. Asperger's or autism or anything like that, where it's, it's it is a where you you have a medical reason that you can't. No, it is emotionally it is, it connect. is a it is a it's a psychological condition. I think more than it would be seen as a a medical one. Um, and again, it's one of those things where most violent serial killers are sociopaths, oh. but not every sociopath is violent. Right. right. And this particular woman, what she's talking about is that, you know, like she's never been a danger to other people, but that the whole nervousness and fear that she should have and doing certain things, it just doesn't exist. Weird. So she said she can tell that her body is responding with like fight or flight or whatever. She's like, I can feel my heart racing. I can, I sense, you know, these tingly things. My Like I feel these things physically does not connect to my brain. Like I don't think. 
I could die. It's like when I think about death, it's like, yeah, I could die. Okay. Like just, she's like, it doesn't elicit any response in me whatsoever mentally. Weird. And so just hearing her talk about this, it's very interesting. I told Kayla the other other day, I'm like, apparently I am barely not a sociopath in several areas in my life, <laughs> is what I have just discovered from listening to this woman. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's it's a very real thing. I'll, I'll have to send you the links. They're very interesting to listen to. Hmm. Um, yeah, very weird. Very yeah. weird. So what have you been diving into lately other than sociopaths? <laughs> uh, let's see. Watches. Watches. I've been yes. very into watches lately. <laughs> um, and by lately, I mean over the last year and a half. Um, so during COVID, you took up a watch obsession. And it was just interest in the hobby, interest in the fact that other people have this hobby. And uh, I'll, I'll admit my initial intro into finding out about this as a hobby was John Mayer. He has apparently a multi-million dollar watch collection. Um, and I watched a couple of videos of him talking about it. And I was like, this is interesting. And so I found several different other vlogs and people that were doing this. And, um, and so as, as, as a gift to myself, uh, when, when ordination, when I was ordained, I got myself what I will refer to as my first big boy watch, which is my first, not high dollar watch, but more than I would normally think to spend on a watch. And I have derived a strange amount of pleasure from it uh, to the point where now, yeah, but right now you're wearing a Casio. Right now I am wearing a Casio G-Shock, which is... I've been watching these on Instagram for some yes. reason because all of a sudden someone told me that they're back. And yes, I these have... It looks exactly like the one I had in these middle school. These have a very strange following. You will have guys who have $150,000 Rolexes that will also buy and wear these G-Shocks. This is a $50 watch at Walmart. Right. $48 actually is what I bought it for. And my whole thing with this is like, I have three small children. My my watch that I just bought is is very rugged, but it's not one that I want to have I banging didn't around. To cut you off about your good no, watch. No, that's so. great. That's great. It's very rugged, but it's not one. You know, it's completely water resistant. It's, it's a dive watch. Uh, it's a Seiko Samurai for anybody who cares about that. If you know, you know, and if you don't, that's fine. Um, this was my whole like, but I want to get a, a watch that I can bang around with. And I've got one that was on a NATO strap that I'll wear. Uh, that's kind of like that but you know this is something that like i gave my kids a bath tonight and i didn't even take it off and submerged it in the water multiple times it didn't matter uh, they had swimming lessons the other day i wore this and and swam with it it's now you know nothing's gonna happen to it and if it does i'm out 48 dollars. what is it why do why do people always care about putting your watches in water what is it with people and wanting to put their watches in water it's always been a thing it's like yeah. this one's good up to 40 meters this yeah. one's yeah. water resistant this one i'm like to, honestly as long as it's good in the rain that should be yeah. good for most people the i more, don't need to know the time of day when i'm underneath the water the more i've gotten into understanding the different mechanisms i think it's just the engineering of the fact that this is a mechanical timepiece there's no battery in it it is a wound timepiece and that this company a previous company but these companies have figured out how to make them completely watertight and function in literal dive situations so like an actual diver scuba diver who's going under would use this watch to help time back before they had tank gauges and all this stuff that you could see they would go into the water they would set their the little rotating bezel and say okay here's how much time i have once the minute hand gets to this i got to get back up to the surface and you can see it underwater. You can dive up to 200 meters with it, and it will, it will continue to tell you the time and continue to function. So for me, it's the fascination that this delicate, intricate thing 
that again you could barely even get rained on at one point they figured out here's how we here's how we get it. it's kind of an incredible piece of technology it is an incredible and also almost obsolete part of technology 100%. because people don't need watches anymore 100%. It, it's totally a luxury item it's something that people would maybe wear for fashion or yeah. whatever but you would do it as a hobby but it's not yeah you don't need it anymore you have cell phones right and and so so right now i have two quartz watches this digital watch and now my first mechanical watch hmm. and i also have a digital watch that belonged to my dad that i'm trying to get fixed which is an old seiko um i don't remember the the name but it was it was one of the first major digital watches that came out like as a and it's it's gold band you know gold gold here you know and my mom got it for him when uh when he graduated from college in 1979 and paid a lot of money for it then which it's worth nothing now because it was a novelty in the 70s and now the technology has kind of passed by um but uh but yeah it's just this weird little thing and i honestly part of why i love wearing a watch and i've worn i've worn watches forever like you know, before the Apple Watch came out, you know, I was wearing watches like I, I wore digital watches because I literally didn't feel confident telling time on an analog watch for the longest time. And then I discovered uh, that Timex made fairly cheap watches and I got a NATO strap for that, which is just a, a, a canvasy kind of military type strap. And I've worn a, a Timex uh, expedition for the better part of 10 years now. And uh, and still have one that I was only my second one. I accidentally destroyed the other one, um, but it still runs. It's still great. Yeah. Um, and I'll still wear that one occasionally. But I just I like that these aren't Apple watches. I like that they're not a Fitbit. Literally, what they do is tell the time. Yeah. They tell the time. This one has the G-Shock has an alarm on it, and uh, uh, you know some different uh, yeah things like that. And like I use it when I work out to time between reps when I'm when I'm lifting and so it's only 30 seconds so I don't waste all the time that I normally waste between reps but yeah it's just become kind of a recent obsession and I like it it's it's fun um it's one of those things that you you look at somebody else like who would be wearing a g-shock you're like oh you know like you have this little thing where you're like ah you yeah, too it would have to be a new one because all of ours from middle school are long gone yes yes <laughs> and I had it I had one back before I knew they were a thing but uh, I simultaneously was looking for a digital watch and discovered that they were a thing again. I'm like, oh, sure, I'll go grab one from Walmart. And sure enough, I did just right off the shelf, just like Hilarious. that. So, yeah, watches became a random little obsession <laughs> for me um, and one that I'm quite enjoying. Uh, but I've spent my quota for a while on watches and uh, and will not be doing that again. Um, I did break a brand new guitar, which I don't know if I told you about this. No. Yeah, I, I purchased a... I used to have a 1968 Gibson ES-335. Beautiful guitar, sounded great. I hated playing it. The neck was not the kind of neck I like. I like a 50s, like a thick neck, and this was a little slim taper one. It felt like a toothpick. Never liked playing it, so I sold it. Some guy in Japan owns it now, apparently, and uh, I bought an amp with it and then got several hundred dollars at our local music shop to, like $700 at our local music shop to just spend, you know, from, from them for credit. Um, and haven't regretted it, even though it was a vintage guitar that everybody would think I was crazy for getting rid of, haven't regretted it for a second, but I have regretted not having a semi hollow guitar, which that was. And so just recently Epiphone has come out with some that are a quarter of, no, they're like a 10th of the price of a Gibson. 
but they've really upped their quality. And so I, I got one and had it. And as typically happens, a lot of the jack was loose on it and I tried to fix it. And unfortunately with the way this thing is made, the jack will fall through if you don't get it screwed on right and or it will spin instead of anchoring. Wow. And so I not only uh, I dropped it through, had to fish it out through what's called the F hole, which is all the way up here. You got to pull it all the way out. You tie a string to it and bring it back through. Did that three times. And on the third time it dropped through again. And I also uh, snapped one of the leads off of the uh the contact point and so i'm like okay fine i admit defeat i'm gonna take this into our local music store and have them fix it for me <laughs> um and i spent all of my morning on i think it was thursday morning doing that to no avail and uh it's frustrating when you get a brand new instrument and again i don't look at that as a quality control issue that's just a, a typical thing that happens with that particular model uh, but to then have it be unplayable is very frustrating to me but i'm still looking forward to getting it It'll come back to me sooner rather than later, and I will have many happy years playing it before someone else eventually owns it. Yeah. Because that's what happens with these things. I own them for a little while. I get to steward them for a little bit, and then they will eventually be in someone else's hands. Yeah. So there you go. There's some randomness from me right there. No, it's random from everybody. We learned about my cooking skills and your watching <laughs> sessions. So what about what about you? Any anything Anything for you that's in that realm? Oh, of- I was just thinking about that but i'm not reading anything that i want to read right now I'm reading <laughs> stuff for school so I, bless you it is what it is i feel your pain yeah we're we're going through like the history of christianity so we're starting you know with second temple judaism and then coming forward from yeah. there and like uh greco-roman influence and all that and mm-hmm. so we're going through the early early parts of the church. And I think we just got up to like the council of Nicaea and, and yeah. Constantine and some of that this week. So yeah, that's, that's what's rattling around in my brain and some other projects I'm doing around the house, but <laughs> it's just basically leveling dirt and dragging sheds around. Yeah, I was gonna say, did, you, did you drag your horse barn yet? <laughs> I'm working on it. I haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> I, I'm trying to figure out how much of a science to create out of moving a horse barn. Uh, it's just a run in shed. I don't want to have to level everything, but I also don't want to bore everyone with those details. Good grief. <laughs> <laughs> I find it fascinating. I got no problem with it. Yeah, it's oh, okay. Man. I'm, I'm, <laughs> my dad was kind of wondering which of his grandsons is going to be the guy that's going to work on small engines, which seems to have been a, a family thing. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm, I don't know that I'm, I'm marginally mechanical. And then I'm like, you know what? I am mechanical. I just don't have the patience for a lot of it. And I can, I can also build things Yeah, and I'm okay with woodworking and all of that. I love woodworking. I just don't have the patience for it or yeah. like, that's all fair. the appropriate tools when I need it. Yeah. I, I've been to my friends' places and they have these awesome woodworking sheds. And I'm like, oh, yeah, with all of that, I'm sure I can make something cool if I felt like making a table, which yeah. I don't feel like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've, there are many things that I've stopped pursuing because I realized the amount of equipment that I would need to even make it a hobby. And the price that, is on that. I already have expensive enough hobbies. I don't need more of that. And that's one of the things that I've discovered with like YouTube and things like that, especially with like skateboarding and other things. It's like, if I want to make a hobby out of this, there's already somewhere that's way like expert level. Yeah. And that is 
gone all the way back and tried to teach people how to do this. So they're anything that you want to get into like watches or yeah. skateboarding or woodworking or whatever it is. There are people that are all the way down the trail and then offering their expertise just because, Oh, people don't know how to do this. Right. I can show you how to do this. Right. For Jess lately, it's been how to build an arch. She wants to take a square entryway. Yeah. Like our hallway going back uh -huh. to the bathroom is square and she wants to put an arch in it, but it's a particular arch that she's looking to do. And the weird thing about those is how you feather it out into the existing drywall. Yeah. So it looks like it was there the whole time. Totally. Yeah. And so she's trying to figure that out and also playing around with ideas about tile and <laughs> she's crazy. <laughs> But that's that's, that's the running joke in our house. I asked for carpet, and so far I've gotten appliances. And she wants to hire an architect, and she's trying to build an arch, and she's talking to me about tile. None of this solves my carpet problem. <laughs> <laughs> I was I pointed to the dishwasher the other day and asked the kids. I'm like, you see that ditch dishwasher? You know what it is? That's carpet. <laughs> you see the hood vent over the stove? That's also carpet. The fridge that's coming that's going to go right here? Carpet. You guessed it. It's all carpet. If if the fridge ever comes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ordered a fridge in January. You would think you'd have it by August. You're lucky you just don't actually need need one. Yeah. Could you I was imagine thinking about that? that the other day. I'm like, had our fridge just packed up and we walked into the appliance store and ordered ourselves a new fridge, like... You don't get one. We didn't. We wouldn't have had one for months. Yeah, I don't know. What do you do? Well, like, yeah. what do you do in that situation? Who who do you go find to? No, it's probably our fault for picking out something so particular. Uh -huh. Who knew that you could get matte black fridges, and then we just lost our minds. Got a matte black dishwasher, <laughs> matte black hood vent, matte black fridge. <laughs> I'm like, we bought it all at once, and the only thing we don't have, well. We had we had Biden money to blow, so oh, that's man. what happened. Yeah, that's where it all went. Yeah, that and uh, and we got a freezer that we didn't need. Yes. So <laughs> came home and one day and Jess is like, oh, our freezer isn't running, which is a tragedy because yeah, we get beef from her dad and there's all this beef and everything else that we have in the big deep freezer, and it's it's all gonna go bad if we don't yeah. figure something out tonight. And so I'm like, well, let's run to Lowe's. And so I quick looked up like freezers of that size and who has the best price. And we're like, ah, whatever. I just need one tonight. So we went to Lowe's and before we left, I checked all the breakers and we checked the garage lights. It's in the garage, right? Yeah. And so garage lights worked. I flipped any breaker that looked like it was tripped and nothing, nothing was working. And I'm like, well, everything in the garage seemed to be on except for the freezer. And I'm like, so yeah. the freezer from the sixties has died. Well, too bad. I mean, Hey, we got it for nothing. Right. And I'm happy. It gave us good years. <laughs> and so we go to Lowe's, we come home with a new freezer. I get it all unboxed, a big thing, plug it in. That one doesn't work either. <laughs> and I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. And I called my dad. He's an electrician. I'm like, dad, what is going on? He's like, Oh, you have a GFI out somewhere. And I'm like, well, I know to check GFI outlets. And so I go, he's like, go around, check them all. He's like, it could be somewhere in a bathroom. He's like, GFIs are funny. You check them all in your house, top yeah. to bottom. I went to the kitchen, all my bathrooms everywhere. 
all the GFIs were fine. And he's like, yeah, that's really mystifying. He's like, well, going into your house right by the door, there should be one like where your hose is. Check, check there. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And I went out there. That was the one that was oh. tripped. And I tripped it back. Both freezers ran. <laughs> but by then, everything had been moved over into the new freezer. And I was like, uh, we have to we have to sell the old beast. Which you have so, done now. Which we've done. Yes. And someone <laughs> This thing was huge. <laughs> I mean, this freezer was gigantic. And the person that came to pick it up picked it up with a Dodge Caravan with a tray <laughs> on the back. I was like, God bless America. They were they loaded it sideways too. I'm like, well, I guess it's not wider than a semi. But it covers up all your taillights. I mean, good oh luck to anyone goodness. behind you. And these little like rinky-dink straps. How far away did they come from? Eighty-eight miles. Oh, <laughs> Facebook oh. Marketplace is uh is scary, amazing. and yeah. scary, very scary. Yeah, I don't know. yeah, but, yeah. So that was that's been my that's been my experience lately. <laughs> no, no real tragedies. Just no. uh, buying appliances, which isn't happening. No. Buying appliances that you don't have, that you know you do not currently, you have not yet acquired. Yeah, I I kind of disagree with the government just giving everybody money. Yeah, you think? Uh, and, and especially taking out a loan in my name for fifty eight hundred dollars and giving me fourteen hundred of it, and expecting me to be okay with them just blowing the rest on whatever they cared to. Yeah, and then. All of us being mystified why our dollar isn't worth what it used to be. Yeah. I think like 30% of U.S. currency was printed in the last year and a half. I believe that. And worldwide, some most worldwide currencies, 40% have been printed in the last year, year and a half. But inflation is a supply-side economics problem, <laughs> right? It's because the economy is roaring back so fast that people just can't produce things fast enough. So they're going up in price because supply side economics and Reagan was right. Correct? Am I am I reading the room? This is what I'm being told. Oh. It's not that we've accidentally printed way more money than we have any business doing. Yeah. It's not that our government not only is getting record revenues, but somehow can't manage to spend within those revenues. They're just printing money because... As I've been told, no one's going to call us on it. Yeah. Who's, I mean, who's going to call us on it, I guess. Yeah. So. Which is great until someone does. We can just print money into oblivion, but inflation itself is it's a very sophisticated thing that we can't possibly understand. And there's so many market forces and things that could cause inflation. But will what will absolutely fix it, according to our government right now, is uh, if we pass their latest budget, that, that will fix it. I've been told that will drive inflation down. Um, I'm I'm mystified, but that's okay. I'm just a peon, and I wouldn't know any better. This is what happens when the majority of your lawmakers are now nothing but lawyers. I would have much rather seen the funds that they gave to people who were working, who had made it through the pandemic, who were allowed to work from home. We all got money. Yeah. Why did we all get money? Shouldn't it have gone to people that lost their jobs during COVID and they got more. Like I didn't need to go buy a fridge, but I had the money. And so I bought a fridge. I know. I don't know. It seems, it seems, uh, 
Well, and again, like maybe it wasn't helping the people that it should have helped. For me, it's always that thing where I go, yeah, you're giving me back my tax dollars. So it's not like I'm going to send this back to you because you have taken my money and been irresponsible with it. And so I will take some of it back. I don't have a problem with that. But that's not what they're actually doing. Because, you know, yeah, we this don't, isn't my tax money. This is money that you just printed yeah, above just and beyond up. my tax it's money. monopoly money. Yeah, this is funny money. Yeah. And if I don't take it, all my other money is worth less. So you're actually taking it from me yeah. through inflation. So this is counteracting that. Yeah. I I had a revelation this past week. Oh, good. Yeah. I would love to hear it because obviously I'm mystified. Yeah, I I spent a total of an hour and a half waiting at our local DMV. Oh, yeah, but... And I refuse to call it the BMV, first of all. We'll not do that. It is the DMV, and it will forever be the DMV. Wait, the Bureau of Motor Vehicles versus the Department? the Department of Motor Vehicles. Why do you care about this? It used to be the Department of Motor Vehicles, and I'm continuing to call it that because I but don't care. But why do you care? Because that's what I've called it for most of my life, so I'm going to continue to call it that. Why do you care if it's a bureau or a department? That I'd I care that they cared enough to change it because there was no reason. It's just I mean, pointless. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Right. But I'm sitting here. Weird hill to die on, but no, sure. Yes, that's right. Well, it's not a hill to die on. It's a non-committal, so I'll, I'll, I'll dig my heels in because it doesn't matter. But I don't have anything against the people that work at the DMV. Let me make that very clear. Generally speaking, they have been pleasant. They have been kind. For some reason, they're all women that work at ours, at least in my experience. I've never had a problem with any of these people. However, if you need any proof that more government is not the solution to anything, go to your local post office or go to a local DMV. But it, the part of the problem is that we're asking these people to do way too much. I, I agree with that in part. But I also look at it and say, there is no motive for these people to be efficient. There is no motive for these people. They're not competing with anybody or anything. No. They are it. They are funded by the federal and or state governments. And they have no competition. Therefore, yeah, it's not like you're going to have a private right. Therefore, down the road. there is no motive to do better and be quicker and have any care about customer service, have any care about timeliness. You could not walk into a UPS or a FedEx or a bank. Or, I mean, you name any place that did this, they would be out of business in a week and a half. But what what puts it in context for me is the the DMV or BMV, whatever it is, is essentially in the business of selling me a permit. Yes, that I shouldn't need. A permit, if you ever get a permit from the government, it is where the government took a right away from you. And then sold it back. And is selling it back yes. to you for a price. Yes. So the government has decided you no longer have the right to cut hair. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to remove the right to cut hair from everyone and we're only going to sell it back to people that jump through our hoops. Right, right. So uh, as soon as that became clear to me as to what kind of transaction was happening there, the rest of it all makes sense. Yes. I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. I'm saying there's something very wrong with it. Yes. I'm, but, I'm asking the government for the right to take this vehicle down the road. Yes. Uh, they're not going to engage me very well. No. But on top of this, this is where I want to look. And I want to be like, you're always hearing from people who are talking about, oh, you vote against your own self-interest because you vote for this party or you vote for that party or you vote for these policies. 
every single one of us has stood in an inefficient line at the DMV or stood in an inefficient line at the post office while the employee there finishes their candy crush game and you're in a line waiting and there's nobody else there. No customer service, no attempt to actually care for people. It's just you're there collecting a paycheck, doing the thing, whatever it may be, government agency. And yet you would vote for somebody whose solution is more government and more government control. You have never had a one-on-one -on -one experience with government that has been a positive. You just haven't. I defy anyone to tell me <laughs> what their positive government experience has been. Mostly, I hear people I mean, complain about the restrictions that come with government money or the horrible service that they get at the DMV or the post office or whatever. These are institutions that are funded by and perpetuated by and given no competition because of their government affiliations. I mean, we enjoy selling equipment to government because it's a way of getting their money. But for the sure. process is terribly inefficient. It requires a lot of hours from a lot of people in yeah. order to just get this transaction done. Right, right. And that's to give something to them for money. Right. Let alone trying to get something from... And that's the thing. Although, you know what's super easy? <laughs> what is that? Buying school buses from the government, I found out. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> one of my buddies just bought a school bus. <laughs> it's one of these like uh, like uh, uh, .gov things yeah, or yeah. like government surplus things. He bought a school bus and this was a terribly efficient thing. He's like, I could not believe it. I bought the school bus, ripped out all but 14 seats, got the title transferred to be a motorhome, and I can drive a big old school bus down the road without a CDL. Really? And it was a fairly easy thing to do. And he was working with the BMV the whole time. That's really interesting. But he went to the smaller BMV in our right, county. Right. In the next town and that over. Was, and that was my mistake. And, and started there. What he got yeah. was his, hey, I just bought a school bus. It's now a, it's now a uh, motorhome. And I modified it. And he just had to sign a thing that, yeah, yeah he did modify well, it. They didn't. And, and, and this one, they didn't inspect it. They didn't, he, he was like... He, had, he was ready with the whole laundry list of things that he was supposed to do yeah. and didn't have to do it. Well, and, and here here's the thing. I didn't explain to you why I was at the DMV. So first of all... Was your license up for renewal? It's not no, your I, re I renewed it in, in November. Oh, okay. And because they have that federally backed license now, and apparently it's going to be a law that if you want to fly, in, yeah. even in the continental United States, you have to have a federally backed license. Not for a while, but yes. Well, again, last I had heard, it was going to take effect in 2021. That was when it originally was going to take effect. So I did not get it. I was going to get it in November. And I go in there and I say, hey, I'd like to do this one. And they said, okay, well, you have to have more forms of ID than your license. And in my mind, I'm going, you issued me this ID. This is me. This is a picture of me. You're looking at my face. This is the ID that you issued me. It's on record. You issued it to me. I am bringing it back to you. And you're telling me this ID is not good enough. For yep. you to tell the federal government that I am me and I can get a federally backed thing. Yeah, I'm but like, that's okay. a state thing. But yep. the federal, I'm like, okay. So the reason for this is you have to meet the same requirements as getting a passport. I get that. Because the passport is federal. Get that. The license I totally is a get state that. thing. So the federal government. I totally government, get that. Okay. But why should the work be passed to me when I already have a state agency who has affirmed and confirmed who I am? That should be their job, not my job. Because... Okay. They, I get it. I yeah. get it. I know why it's there. But again, this is where I look at it and say, like, 
this should not fall to me. To well, if you wanted the state ID, you could get that. And I did. And I did. Federal and one. I did because I didn't have what they want, what they needed from me. Okay. So they said, okay, you need a passport. My passport had expired. I was like, okay, you need your certified birth certificate. You need uh, two forms of two proof of address uh, letters or forms of mail. And I'm like, first of all, I have already been here, and this was not this was in November. I've already been here for an hour. I'm not going to go home and come back and get back in line for another hour to do this again. So I'm like, okay, just give me the state license. Forget the federal one. Well, here we are. We're coming up. We are supposed to go on a trip in September. We're flying to Arizona. At the end of May, I applied for a new passport. The only thing I know is that the government has cashed my check for my new passport. Yeah, that's all you're gonna know. I have not it shows yeah, up. Yeah, I've not heard anything. I've not gotten any mail. I've not gotten any email. I've not gotten any affirmation, confirmation of anything that has gone on with that process. Yeah, nothing. If you nothing. were wealthy enough, you could expedite your passport. And I was I asked the man about expediting, and he said the process is so gummed up right now that you won't get it any sooner by expediting it. Oh, that's a lie. This is what the 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 employee at the at the post office told me and so i'm like <laughs> That's okay your first mistake i'm like fine whatever <laughs> so i've heard nothing i we're this trip is coming up it's the second week of september we're taking off i'm like okay so i'm just gonna go with this federally back license i call in and i confirm i said hey dmv what is it that i need to have you need a you need a you need your passport don't have a passport okay you need a certified birth certificate not a copy the actual one with the stamp and I'm like okay I've got that and you need two proofs of ID and I'm thought you didn't even check my license to vote when I went through I handed you the thing and the woman did not look at it just looked at what I wrote down to say who I was and wait was every like, time yeah, okay, I vote fine. we scan we scan our license in my the thing. in my case there was not a scan it was a pass it through the window thing whatever it was anyway oh. And this Which time gets I, me into the whole other thing. This like, time I did early voting, so I don't remember how that went. I, I did too. I was technically absentee, so you know, whatever yeah, with too. that. It's the last time I will ever do that. But um, so I, I get all my stuff, and again, I'm on the phone. This is all I need. I need that federally backed license. Yes, this is what you'll need. Okay. So then that next day was my hour and a half, hour and 40-minute experience waiting for the DMV. I get there. I walk in, I finally, and first of all, this is part of the nefarious nature of what goes on here. So I come in, they've just called number 510. It was D510, okay? I am D514. I'm like, this isn't going to be so bad. And I thought right, to myself, you're far away. Yeah, I'm like, why are all these people still here? No, no, no. They don't have numbers for everyone that is waiting there. They don't have a single, they have 514. My 514 was for one particular window. Of the ah. five, four or five windows that were open. So now they start calling, you know, B212, B103. And I'm like, how many people are actually ahead of me? Like the the the, the link they gave me only showed me the five numbers and like, oh, this is when you're going to get service. And I'm like, why don't you just tell everybody where they're actually at in line here? You're trying to make everybody feel better with this false sense of security, yeah. like they're going to be the next number called. And so they're just waiting here in perpetual purgatory for you to finally call their number. It so is pretty is, close to purgatory. Yeah, this is part of my frustration, too. So by the time I get up to there, I'm already frustrated because all of these things have not gone the way they're supposed to. I've literally wasted my morning waiting for this to happen. Literally was there for a while, went to work, 
came back thinking, oh, I can come back and there won't be many people here. No, on a Tuesday, it was full of people. Don't understand that at all. So anyway, I'm in there, finally get up to the counter. I said, hey, I want to get this federally backed license. I have all my paperwork here. She said, can I have your ID? Yes, here it is. She takes one look at it and says, you know they're not requiring this till 2023 now, right? I said, yeah, okay, fine. I said, but I'm going to need this to fly. You know, because that's not until thing. 2023. And she said, no, no, no. They moved it because of COVID to 2023. I'm like, you're kidding me. She said, no. Correct. I said, well, I'll just do it now anyway. And she went, okay, you just paid the government to renew your license. And you're going to have to do it right about that time again, even if you do this. She's like, do you really want to give the state this money again? To which I wanted to hug that woman and be like, you are my people, even though you work here. I am very <laughs> grateful for that. Yes. Do you but, really want to pay us? And I said, you know what? No. This license is good enough for me to fly to my anniversary trip to Arizona. I'm going to do this. Right. And I walked out the door. And with every step I took, I got more and more livid for the experience that I had just had in that place. And that is what happens every time I go to that place. It never fails, even if I get exactly what I went in there for. This is the experience that I come out with. And I sit here and think, there are people who vote for people that say this is the way that life should be run. And I don't understand yeah, not that at only, all. Not only that, we should ha all have a universal basic income that comes from the government. Which comes from where? The government. Exactly. And where does the government get its money? Oh, from the wealthiest Americans. Apparently. Except if you confiscated all the wealth of the top 1% in America right now, yes. today, yes. you do not pay off the debt. No. And you do not fund even, I don't even think it's like one year. No, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I forget. I've seen that statistic, but I don't remember what it yeah. is offhand. But yeah. It's I'm, something insane like I'm, that. I'm just, I'm, I'm tired of being told that looking at the evidence that is right in front of my eyes is somehow being cruel or unkind or unethical or heartless. I'm like, no, it is reality. And reality always wins. I don't care what your theories are. <laughs> I don't care how you feel. I don't care about any of that stuff. Reality always wins. And the reality is your <laughs> methods do not work. Everything you touch turns to trash. You make it worse. It's because... Local governance, the more local it can possibly be, the better. Yes. Because they're more immediately accountable. You know who to strangle. <laughs> well, and they know they're immediately accountable yes. to their people. Yes. But when the federal government told you that you need this idea and this idea and this idea, it's blanket for everybody. Yes. And so everybody has to figure out some way of complying. Yeah. And some avenue through which to comply, which in our case is the BMV. So like... This is the gateway that you're going to come through. And these are the things you're going to have in your hand, no matter where you are. And so the more universal it is, the more onerous it is on the people trying to get in and access it, yeah. which is why it's better to have your family doctor or whoever it is making decisions with you and for you, like you deciding together with your family doctor, rather than somebody totally removed from your situation, giving you profound, immediate requirements for your medical yeah. stuff like you cannot the more the further it is divorced the further these decisions are divorced from individual people and the further they go 
to like some capital somewhere, even yeah. if it's at the state level, you know, I have a hard enough time trying to find an official in my county yeah. to get something figured out. Like that seems like a big chore, Yeah. much less at my state level, much less at the national level. Everybody's so disconnected. Half of you don't even vote for the president. Yeah. Yeah. At least not. And the ones that do vote don't matter. Yeah. (laughs) That's a whole nother thing, (laughs) which we have talked about on here before (laughs) as well. Yeah, man. I I just, I'm just, I'm done. I'm done with this. I'm done playing the game. I'm done with all of this thing where I've got to justify, like, I don't have to justify my stances anymore. I just don't because the proof is in front of my eyes. The proof is in front of your eyes. I don't have to justify anything to anybody anymore. Like, here's a quick reality wins. Reality wins every single time. If I had a good relationship with my family doctor and he could confirm for sure that I had a particular virus of any strain whatsoever yeah. and that I had overcome said virus and he, he's like, yeah, you seem to be pretty good. Your body probably has antibodies. And then, you know, if somebody came up with a solution for said virus, he'd be like, yeah, you know what? That's probably good for somebody that hasn't had it. But for you, since you've had it, you seem to have natural immunities. So we're just going to go ahead and make a different decision for you. Yeah. That would be a reason approach that could be done between two people. Yes. If you are following the science on some of the latest viruses that people have been dealing with, you, my friend, have whiplash. Yes. There is no way that you could follow the science from the very beginning and then go back a year and a half and justify absolutely everything. Although I've seen people try. Yeah. And they do a darn good job because (laughs) (laughs) they do a lot of... Let me see if I have this right. Yeah. And they will count it backwards. Well, at this stage, this is what we knew, and this is how we did this, and this is how we did this, and all of this makes logical sense, and we were completely right all of the time. No, you weren't. (laughs) (laughs) No, in fact, you weren't. Because you can't be right about, about people are okay to not wear a mask outside, except people cannot wear a mask can't have to wear a mask outside (laughs) children don't have to wear a mask because it doesn't affect them yes in fact they do uh no one has to wear a mask if you're vaccinated uh sorry you have to wear a mask regardless (laughs) of vaccination status and uh because the rules are different now and we said so yes shut up and do as you're told yes and stop asking so many questions you conspiracy theorists yes yeah and and i'm i'm just done i'm done I'm done. I'm done with all of this. I'm done playing the games. I'm done on the back and forth. I'm just not doing it anymore. I I I choose not to participate anymore. I'm yeah. just done. And this is a very all-encompassing I'm just done. Uh, way well beyond some of these things that you're talking about and the frustrations even of these small things. You just can't. You, you And I know I said it like five times already, but again, reality wins. Um, and, and I, I, I don't, I don't have to play your games anymore. I don't have to. One thing that I've been wondering is how people think that you get freedoms and how do you think they are lost? If people really have an understanding of what freedom is, how valuable it is, how difficult it is to get freedoms and how they are lost. Yeah. I don't think they would behave. Uh, most people would not behave as they have behaved. Yeah. 
I just think it's worth thinking about it. Freedom, getting freedom for people usually requires a spilling of blood. Yeah. It's not polite. It's not something fun to talk about. It's not something that anybody wants to do. Yeah. But every freedom that I do have, somebody somewhere paid for it. Yeah. They, my freedom of speech came from somebody spilling blood, writing a document and telling a king where to get off. Yeah. Yeah. My right to bear arms is the same one. Mm-hmm. It, it like came from the same method. But like for women having the right to vote, the freedom to go and vote was fought and paid for by someone. Yeah. That one didn't require bloodshed. At least not necessarily to the point some of bloodshed. There, but there were some. women who got beat up and yeah. got imprisoned unjustly and all kinds of garbage that went on with I that. I mean, there's been plenty of of freedoms that have been won since that, that didn't require wars, but required struggle. Yeah. And so someone paid for absolutely sacrificed every, something. every freedom that I have. Yeah. And so when Arnold Schwarzenegger or somebody else stands up and says, screw your freedom, or basically you sound like some sort of right wing, right wing crackpot for saying, hey, I'd like some bodily autonomy. I'd like to be able to say how I do things with my body, what I want to wear on my body, how, what I want to put in my body, things like that. If I say things like that, then I'm terrible. Yeah. Right. And, and, uh, yeah, I, I just wonder how people think you get freedoms and how you lose them. Yeah. Freedoms are usually lost by looking to the government for some sort of safety, security, um, or trying to do some sort of public good. Yeah. People don't just give over freedoms for no reason. Right. People give up freedoms because they think they're going to get something better. Yeah. Usually for what they perceive as security. Yeah. I don't care what it costs. Just keep me safe. Yeah. Which is horrifying to me. That's how you lose them. Yeah. It is. It is. And, uh, man... This this whole this whole process this last year and a half the things I've seen the things I'm continuing to see now just mystify me in so, that sense. Yes, in that way, I I absolutely am not calling for bloodshed or anything no, like that. No, what no, I no. would say is giving up freedoms should require vigorous debate at the very minimum. Yeah, if you're asking people to give up the right to say what they wear or say what they put in their body or whether or not they can be employed depending on their medical right. history or what you know what vaccines they've chosen to take and whatever if you're going to make all those concessions there should be vigorous debate around each freedom as it's surrendered to a federal government yeah because just because you enjoy the party that's in power now Trump could win again and he could be in power or somebody you don't like could come into power. And are you comfortable with a government that you don't like having the kind of power to be able to tell you? And we just and we just saw that with with Republicans being the party in power. You know, I I, I'm old enough to remember Mitch McConnell saying when they threw out the whole, you know, we're going to create this nuclear option and use this. Yeah, we're going to get rid of the Senate filibuster and use the nuclear option to pass Obamacare. And him saying, if you do this, we will use it against you once we're back in power. Yep. Which I would rather have heard for judiciary. Right. And I would rather have heard we're going to walk this back 
but nothing is ever given back once it is taken. So, and and it's so short-sighted on any side to do something like that, to change a foundational thing just to get power or to get what you want in a given moment. Yeah. And, um, and again, I'm no Mitch McConnell fan at all. <laughs> not, not at all. <laughs> not even a little bit. Right. Um, but he was not wrong. Yeah. To say this is a bad idea and it will go against you. And of course, then he was the very one to use it because why not? Right. It's there. You might as well. I from his logic. And and I'm not taking a particular side on any of this. No. Like I am vaccinated. So like, okay, go take that for whatever that's worth. But it's one of those it's one of those things like I was told that if I get vaccinated, I don't have to wear a mask. I'm like, hey, that's good enough reason. You know, I'm I'm protected. Right. I don't know whether or not I had COVID. So there you go. I'll get the vaccine. Right. Good to go. I've been told that that will protect me until it doesn't. Yeah. You know, and, and the bait and switch is a little too much. Yeah. And that's the thing is every, I know that everybody's got a line with this. Right. Mine was crossed a long time ago. So I'm, I'm <laughs> right. I've been done with this mess for a long time. I have friends who there have not been done with it until very recently when all of a sudden all these things have changed again. And they're hitting done, but done for them looks different than it looks for me. And the line for them is different. You know, it's a different type of line, a different intensity. But, but what bothers me most about all this is like, we are not allowed to have vigorous debate Yeah. about, okay, kids no longer have the freedom to choose whether or not parents don't have the chance to say, oh, my kid is wearing a mask or they're not wearing a mask. Yeah. Like that freedom has been taken away from us. Well, and, and again, we're not allowed is, to have debate. This is the thing that I will come down to. In this debate, in this discussion, there is only one side that is talking authoritarian force. That matters to me. Yeah. Because one side is saying, and I'm saying on sides of the debate, I'm not talking political aisle here. No, which is sad that it is politicized. Yes. But. One side is saying, do what you feel you need to do. And the other side is saying, you will do what we are saying to the point of force. We will, we will force you through economic means, through manipulation of, of, of social status, through all, we will do everything we can to force you to do the yeah. thing that we say is correct. Because you're killing people. And I will fight that every single day time i don't care if somebody has a d or an r in front of their name i don't care what part of the country they're from i don't care what their political ideology is if you come to me with any form of authoritarianism i am done with you and i will not play i won't do it and so this has turned into a very different debate for me than Virus, no virus, mask, no no mask, vaccine, not vaccine. This is a very different debate for me because it is it is people who want the power to control your life taking an opportunity that they see to run with it and try to control your life. And I will not play. I am not in this game. I will not participate. This yeah. is where I come again. Freedom over everything. I will not do it. I will vote for freedom over everything every time. I don't care what letter you have by your name. If that is what you are about, if that is what you are pursuing, I I will I will check that box for you every single time. And I'm done with this. I'm done with these people who think they have a right 
to force anybody to do anything. I'm done with them. I'm done. Well, I can tell you one thing that I am definitely doing, and that is I will always be gathering for worship. Yes. That is decided in my mind. Yes. I will be gathering for worship come hell or high water. Yes. <laughs> As it should be. As it that, should be. That is happening. And you know what? That's not saying anything in particular. That's not maybe even my church's stance. If our church makes a different decision, you know what? That's fine. I will find a gathering of believers. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's basically how I feel. Uh, there was a there was an article that came out in July that I was reading. I saw the headline. It said five times more UK children died from suicide than than from COVID during the lockdowns. Mm. Freedom is valuable, and that's for people that under the age of eighteen. Um, they were five times, yeah, more likely to commit suicide than to die from COVID. Yeah. So there are unintended consequences to even what people say are the solutions. We need to have debate about these things. We can't take them lightly or create emergencies and say, this is an emergency or that is an emergency. And yeah. so you have to do this or you have to do that. Yeah. From a national level. It's scary stuff. It's yeah. really scary stuff. I never I never thought that my kids or myself would it, during my lifetime that somebody would be able to stop me and ask me for papers in the US yeah. in order to access a public place. Yeah. I, I honestly never thought as I mean, if it's a sporting event, I expect to be asked for a ticket. Yeah. Like that's about it. Yeah. But as far as like I always thought it was amazing that at any point in our history, it seemed terrible, terrible for people to say, oh, you can come here, but you can't. Yeah. If I have the money to eat at a restaurant and I'm able to pay the bill. Yeah. That person can get in and I can't based yeah. on some arbitrary thing. Yeah. You know, maybe you're the wrong skin color. Maybe you're the wrong, you know, you, you're not dressed well enough or yeah. those types of things. Like that always seemed horrifying to me. Right. And this is where I can point to too everything you've ever seen that that you think of as horrifying from history, you you have you have government overreach to thank for it. Even even you look at the Jim Crow South, you look at you look at what was going on there. I, what was yes, there was absolutely cultural racism that was happening there. But what you had was you would have my cousin and I I think we're just talking about this. You would have the store owner on one side who would say, "Yeah, I don't want people of color coming into my place i just want white customers and then you have the person across the street going i'll take anybody i'll take anybody that's i'll got take money. money from anybody and, that's willing yeah. to pay me for it yeah which one was going to actually and it was the government better. that stepped in and said no no we're going to create policy so that you who are willing to service everybody don't get a leg up on this person yeah who is only willing to service a certain amount of people you can go down through the line i can I can almost point to everything like this is what we have done. The very things we're seeing now, this is this is just the and, same storyline happening again in a different way, in a different manner. Um, and, and we've seen this before, and it does not end well. For the for the record, like I fully expect going to other countries to be difficult. Other countries are yeah. going to have requirements of well, you have to get this shot to go there. You have yeah. to get that shot. You have to show this passport. You have to show these papers. Da 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 da. All the way across the board. I yeah. get it. Going to other countries. 
is an onerous task. Yeah. Moving about within your own country should not be in America. Yeah. Has been a freedom that's been preserved from the beginning. It's one of the reasons the states came together. Yeah. Is to allow free commerce and people to move freely. I mean, we used to have an airline that would say you're now free to move about the country. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's like one of the most fundamental American things that there is. Yeah. And again, I'm, I'm not willing to say, oh, we're just going to surrender these, these rights for a little bit because that's not the way it works. Now people are like, well, just move out of California. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, that's not an option for some people. Right. Like, just move out of New York. Just move out of wherever this is happening. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. It's difficult. It is. Yeah. It is. And yeah, I just want to put a stake down on this podcast and say at this time, at this date, whatever, I'm concerned about it. Yeah. Nothing more than that. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to fight anybody other than in the realm of ideas. Yeah. I'd like debate. I'd like people to really consider what they're doing. Yeah. Um, Especially as it loops back around and we realize there's a lot of bait and switch going on. There's a lot of things that we thought we knew for certain that we don't know for certain anymore. And the same remedies are being applied. Right. Not to mention the odd us versus them language that is so creeping in that is no longer political or opinion based. It is purely based on the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. I mean, well, the language I've, of I've this literally stuff, seen people saying, you know what, let the unvaccinated die and, you know, kind of celebrating if if that kind of stuff happens. Yeah, that's that's insane. Yeah, you, you do realize that's craziness. a person. It's a person you're talking about. That's not just a, yeah. And so I'm, 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 I'm very concerned, um, for those kinds of things and the way that people are embracing that because that's problematic and that, and that gets into some, some, you know, Germany in the 1930s (laughs) stuff. And I'm not one to invoke that much, No. but if you look back to that, you will see references to, you know, disease, you will see references to, to the Jewish people as a virus, these kind of things, you will see very similar language. And it's terrifying to me to see how easily and even unintentionally, I don't think there's this like plot where it's like, we're going to use this same genocidal, but there is this thing that happens in human nature when you other somebody enough Yeah, that all of a sudden these stark lines begin to be right drawn and weird evil things start to happen. Yeah. And again, I don't think we're there at this point, but it makes me very uncomfortable to see how we're flirting with, with this ideology and with these things, these ideas. I mean, we even heard it from our governor a few days ago. He was talking about vaccinating and he talked about how there's two different Ohio's right now. There's the unvaccinated and the vaccinated Ohio. And I'm like, like, I don't think you know what you're saying when you're saying this. I don't think you understand the implications that come. Well, what was most striking for me was listening to when when Biden came out and made the announcement that said you could take off. We you, Those of you that have been vaccinated, yeah. you've earned the, earned right, the right to, to do what Americans have longed to do, and that is to greet each other with a smile. So remove your mask. Him and a whole bunch of senators and cabinet people, they, they all took off their mask. He came out, made the big announcement and said, hey, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to do it. And within that week, Rachel Maddow was up there saying, Hey, it's really weird now to be able to, I, I don't know how to tell who who's, is who's who, on my who side. Is playing by the rules and who isn't because I can't see a mask. And I'm like, you are judging people from the outside. You're judging 
who they are, what their intent is, whether they're clean yeah. or unclean. Right. By looking at a piece of cloth that is doing nothing more than a cheese grater against COVID. Yeah. Like this is ridiculous. Yeah. That you are using that to judge people. Yeah. Yeah. And and it was. It was being used as a tool and a way of seeing who's complying and who's not just from a visual thing. And people loved it because they could categorize people. Yeah, but as automatically. Soon as, as soon as he told everybody, hey, if you're vaccinated, go ahead and take it off. All of a sudden, you couldn't tell anymore. Yep. And that is America, where you shouldn't be able to tell yeah. just from looking at somebody whether they are clean or unclean i'm a, i'm able to associate with them or i'm not right like there should not be an external appearance thing that i can judge somebody from right because i need to judge people according to the content of their character and what they do and do not do yeah you you get judged in a court of law not based on what you wear right you get judged based on what you do right you get promoted at your job based on your character yeah or you should. Yeah. Yeah. Like these judgments should not be made no. just because of some external eternal form of appearance. Yeah. Which is literally just a cloth. Yep. Yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah. And again, this is where I come in. Like I'm just, I'm done. I'm done playing the game. I'm done participating in this. I will interact. I will talk i will have conversation with i'll disagree with people i'll have dis people disagree with me and we'll be just fine um, so if you if you guys were wondering why it's taken us so long to make a podcast is because all this stuff is rattling around in our head and we didn't know how to get it all out no. there without ticking somebody off or making somebody feel sad and yeah. we don't mean to do that and let me be perfectly clear i have absolutely no problem with anyone's stance personally right. on any of these issues nope none I None. I do not judge anyone for no. wearing a mask because I don't know why you're wearing it. But my patience for anyone's opinion ends on your willingness to use force to make me comply. Yep. My tolerance of your opinion ends at that line. Full stop. Period. Yep. If you're willing to use force. I am willing to tolerate any opinion because... It is your right to have one, whether I think it is correct or not. I don't have to respect that opinion, but I do have to respect your right to have it. And I absolutely do. Yep. But my respect for that opinion ends when you're trying to get me to do something at the point of a gun and are yep. willing and, and happy to see that happen. I'm done. I'm done. So or, can, I mean, even force could be making someone lose their job. Like, right. that's that's not a gun, but you're still taking food off the table. Like, right. that, that's right. pretty rough. Right. Yeah, I would agree with that. Making someone lose their job. So, again, just to be clear, if, if, if that is your stance, make sure you understand and you own what that stance is. I have weighed and measured all of this stuff for myself, and this is where I'm at. Um, I, am, I am grateful for a diversity of opinion for living in a place where we can have diversity of opinion, where we can disagree and still all be Americans. I, I appreciate a place where we can disagree, especially in the church and still all be children of God and acknowledge that that is our greatest uh, point of allegiance and our greatest tie that binds us in the midst of all other opinions. Um, and that will remain true no matter what. 
no matter what the political climate is, no matter what the social climate is, that is the essence of what this country is. That is the essence of what being the family of God are. And, and, and that's just that. That's that. You're done well. I agree. All right. Well, I think we're done for tonight. You have to go write some stuff for school. I'm exhausted from a long day of preaching and worship leading and family and all kinds of things. Been a good day, but I feel like a wrung out dish rag in the good ways. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Leave us a review on uh, whichever platform you're listening to us. And if you want to talk back to us, the email is the things we say at meal.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining the conversation today. The Things We Say is produced by Nate Ward. Technical direction is provided by Sheldon Stauffer. You can subscribe to The Things We Say on SoundCloud and iTunes. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at The Things We Say Podcast to keep the conversation going. This has been The Things We Say. See you next time.